Hi, I'm Charlotte. And I'm Helly. And welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast on surviving your 20s. So, how are you doing? Good, thank you. It's been a bit of a quiet two weeks. A lot of it has been um, planning my upcoming trip, because we both have trips coming up, which we mentioned in our last episode about travel. So if you haven't listened, go back and have a listen to that. Um, I go to Prague on the 13th of November, so when this goes live, I will have just landed in Prague. Um, So it's just kind of getting ready for that, really, and working out what I'm going to take, and what I want to see, and where we're going to go, and all those kinds of things. Um, It will be, it's not my first trip to Prague. Um, my boyfriend lived there for quite a while and we were all going out together. So we've got, we've seen a lot of the sites anyway, but it's just kind of polishing off the final things we want to do there. I feel like it'd be a nice way to sort of sign off yeah, definitely. everyone's time there. Like it's a lot of years and it's kind of like the end of an era. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That's definitely how it feels. It's more, this trip is a much more about enjoying, the, going back to our favourite places going back to the favourite places we have to eat in, showing his family some of the city because they um, only visited once when he first moved out there six, well, six and a half years ago. So, oh, wow. Yeah, it's and been I've been out there. I, I went out basically every six months for six years. So um, I've been out there quite a few times. So, yeah, it's, I'm just really looking forward to that. And then, um, yeah, that's kind of been it, really. Had a couple of days of annual leave. Uh, what do you do on your time off? Um, it was just really chilled. So I had an afternoon off, which was really lovely. Just getting home nice and early and just like snuggling up. We watched Brooklyn Nine-Nine for hours, which was just exactly <laughs> the what best. I wanted to do. I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I'm, I'm so excited for the next season. I can't wait. We're, we've just started series four, so we need to like catch up a bit more. That. I'm so excited for you to finish it and then we can just discuss it. I can't wait. And then on the Friday, we just went to Scotney Castle for the day, got our National Trust memberships out. Making use of it Yeah, well, it was a really gorgeous day. So we just had a wander around there and then went for a bit of lunch and it was just really nice and casual. And then Heli turned up and we've had a lovely weekend. Yeah. Very nice. What about you? What have you been up to over the past couple of weeks? Um, Mine's been like a really nice few weeks of... A couple of weeks of little, little mm. things. So I went to watch one of our friends um, skate. She plays. Do you play roller derby? She does roller derby. I don't Can know we? what the word is. But it is badass. Oh mm. my God. She was absolutely like fierce. I was so impressed. I've never seen roller derby before. I've never watched a game and it was, it was amazing. So that was really nice. Like a really different thing to go and do. I really enjoyed it yeah. actually. Um so yeah, that was great. And um played netball. I played on a netball team in Oxford. Um, and we won our match. We won 41-14. Oh my god, amazing. It was a cracking win and I got player of the match. I was amazing. really pleased. Well that. done. But um I'm kind of the same as you actually, because I'm going away on Friday to Riga, uh, in Latvia. So I'm in frantic trip planning mode. Um I've <laughs> never been before, so I'm trying to cover as much as I can because I'm literally just there for the weekend. Um, so it's going to be 48 hours of madness and very quick. cramming in as much as possible. But is it going to be super cold there as well? It's not actually that cold yet. It's, oh, okay. it's about good. the same as here. Um, this week that's it's been nice. like 11, 12 degrees. So I don't think it's, it's too bad. Um, so yeah, but. Kind of hitting it at the right time of year because Riga gets so really cold. cold. Yeah. So cold. I think that leads nicely onto recommendations. Yeah. Um, because one of my recommendations this week, um, to link back to last uh, the last episode on travel, um, I have a really good resource that I use because I go on a lot of these weekend trips. Um, there is a website called weekend.com, which is um, 
it's been made by the same people who do travel zoo. So, oh, you know, like the little, the little deals. Um, but it's specifically designed for people doing weekend trips. So you you can only go on a weekend. All their trips are based on weekends, which is obviously great because prices usually spike on a weekend. Yeah. So they're finding those really good deals. Um, and all of their deals include accommodation of flights. Amazing. Automatically. So you can put your filter on. You can start the filter from like first thing on a Friday morning if you've got the Friday morning off and you can extend it to a Monday evening. So it covers oh, long weekends. Cool. But I you can just move down the filters and I usually move them to Friday evening to Sunday evening because that's the that's how I do a weekend trip um, and I just had a look earlier so it finds the best deals and I think they must have deals with flight companies and that's how they get the good deals yeah. so I just had a look earlier and there was a deal on there to Barcelona at the end of January flights and accommodation for £67 <gasps> per person per person that's amazing and it's all good it's all like nice like decent hotels it's not hostels it's, that is amazing yeah. so there's tons of deals like that all over obviously most of them are Europe mm. um, but all over Europe they go as far as Turkey actually I've seen some good ones okay. Turkey like Dalaman was on there for a weekend which it's was which was still like £84, I think it's really cheap. I need to have a look at this because I really want to get into doing more quick weekend trips. Yeah, it's really... That was where we found our Stockholm trip. Um, and oh, we're literally good. doing that Saturday morning to Sunday evening. So it's like a 36-hour trip. But but that's quite nice because especially if it's somewhere... small. I mean, Stockholm's not particularly a small city, but if you're going somewhere smaller... You actually don't necessarily want very long there. City like. break is it's perfect for yeah, just cramming as much as you can in the city. Usually easy to get around European cities. So. Yeah, amazing. That sounds really, perfect. really cool. Um, what about you? What recommendations have you um, got this week? What have I got this week? So the first one is a food recommendation, mm. which I'm excited about because we haven't spoken about food yet, which is shocking considering how much we love food. That is um, shocking. <laughs> it's a bakery recommendation. Um, it's called Ula and Steen. And it's a Scandinavian brand, I believe. It sounds and, very Scandi. Yeah. Um, and I'll be honest, I can't remember which country in Scandinavia it's from. Um, but they've started to open up in London. I'm not sure if they're elsewhere, but I'll we'll put it all in the show notes as usual. Um, and they do amazing like pastries and sandwiches. Like it's um, it's incredible. It's gorgeous inside. Like the interior is beautiful. But they do something called the Cinnamon Social, which is just oh. the most heavenly slice of gorgeousness it just sounds so good it's like a just... cinnamon roll but it isn't you know you get like um cinnamon rolls that are like crunchy it's not one of those it's like a really doughy cinnamon roll and you can buy it by the meter if you want to oh god um we had one in our office which is how i discovered this and this thing like well there's like 30 people on my team and we all had some that's how huge these things are because they're really dense mm. um but you can also buy it by the slice and when I say slice, I mean, <laughs> I feel like that's not really doing this thing justice. It's like chunky. Like, <laughs> like, like a house brick. It, 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 no, it is like a house brick. Like it's literally like that kind of size. Um, and I bought a slice the other day for me and Alex as a treat and we had half of it and couldn't eat the rest of it. So we saved it for later on in the day. But amazing. oh God, if you can find an Uller and Steen and you can have anything from them, it'll be amazing. But if you can get a slice of the cinnamon social. So good. I just can't oh, recommend it oh. enough. I love some good baked goods. Mm, there's one by my office which is slightly lethal. It's like, um, what's your other recommendation this week? Um, mine's an article that I I came across on Twitter because I followed Sophie Haywood on Twitter for I don't even know how long. I don't know how I started following her, but um, she is a journalist and she writes for uh, the Guardian. And when I saw her share it, um, 
the the little tab, the picture on it. I'm not gonna lie, I clicked on it because it was the it was the woman from White Chicks, and White Chicks is one of my favorite movies. It's an amazing movie. And I was like, oh my god, who who is this? I didn't even know her name. I felt really bad, and I clicked on it because I was like, oh, White Chicks. And um, <laughs> it's her interview with Busy Phillips, and it is it's so eye opening. And I I had no idea, but Busy Phillips is um. She's an Instagram sensation. She's got over a million followers now. And really? she really tapped into... Yeah, she really tapped into the Instagram stories. That's really interesting. Yeah. And she posts... She does like a 15 um, second workout that she posts every morning. And she's just really... She really interacts and just has a chat with all of her followers. And she's, she's used that outlet so well. And to the point where it's led to her now um, writing her memoir. And she's also getting a show on E!, Oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's led to all of these amazing opportunities, but she's used the platform so, so well. And like in her book, she, I mean, it's super, super lighthearted and she sounds like the interview, I really felt like her personality came across. I felt like I was in the room listening to their conversation. Really it was so it? nice. She talks really seriously and like really in depth about, um, she was sexually assaulted when she was younger and she's like the word rape didn't even exist I didn't know that that was a thing I just knew that something had happened that was bad yeah and she she addresses it really well and it is hard to listen to even just in the interview I've not read the actual bit from the Mm. book it was hard to listen to and the same she talks quite in detail about giving birth as well and I think it's really eye-opening because she's just really real about it and they actually also discussed the same article on the high-low this week and they put it like way better than I could have put it (laughs) but um she's just so open and honest that she somehow managed to be very identifiable even though she's got this huge following and I just really like that that's her. yeah that sounds like something I'm going to give a listen because I think um it's nice when because I'll be honest similarly the only ways I know of Busy Phillips are through White Chicks and through Cougar Town yeah um and I don't like I wouldn't really follow her on Instagram or anything like that like I wouldn't I if you told me she hadn't done anything else I wouldn't have been surprised because I hadn't seen it but she actually addresses in her book and a little bit on the interview as well how she for 10 years she was just the best friend role in all her movies she never like made it to the top she's always been like the best friend figure so that's why she's finally come into her own now and that's true actually she always plays the best friend but the the most interesting bit was that she was really desperate for a job after she gave birth she was basically broke and um she got a a part as someone who was aspiring to be an an actress and she wrote in like she she said this is how we can include me losing my baby weight like as as the character becomes more into the Hollywood circle she loses weight obviously cares more about her image and um the production company dropped her because of her weight and that's shocking she's like how I mean it's not shocking it's awful (laughs) that in itself is awful isn't it but it really it really made me think about that what do you do if your body is your livelihood like what do you do if your family depends on your body yeah that's really true and the way she spoke about it it was so candid and it was really like it, it it was a joy to read, but also it was very like upsetting as mm. well. But yeah, definitely give it a read, and I actually really want to check out her show on E when it comes out as well. 
Anyway, what was your other recommendation? My other recommendation this week is another podcast, and it's the Keeping It Candid podcast hosted by Sophie Milner and Millie Cotton. And it's just it's just a really lovely podcast. They discuss um I think I think it was fortnightly originally and now it's weekly. Um there's a really good back catalogue on iTunes and Acast and everything. Yeah. So you can go back and listen to them. But they discuss really great topics. So they've done ones they they discuss them really frankly. So they did an episode all about how much they actually earn from Instagram and social media and how they um, decide how much they're going to charge someone and what their rates are. And it I was think that's really interesting. So interesting, real. And they owner. were really honest in it, which I think yeah. is really important because I think there's a very there's often a conversation around this, but you can never take anything from it. Never because, get a straight answer. No, and they were like, literally, I charge X amount. I have X number of followers on this, this, and this. I have this monthly, like many monthly views on my blog. I charge this for an Instagram post, this for a sponsored blog post, this for Instagram stories whether or not they did bundle packages it was just really interesting regardless of whether or not you are a freelancer or you make money from Instagram or blogs or anything like that I think it's a really good it's a really um eye-opening chat about how the industry works because it is still a very new industry and one that is shrouded in a lot of mystery and it was really great to hear they also did a brilliant episode all about um they teamed up with sloggy and did a brilliant episode on bras and like finding the perfect bra for you they've done one on um, emergency contraception which was really really oh, interesting I love that. yeah that's really great. interesting debate um and there's also a really great episode it's one of their first episodes i think it's either their second or their third one um where millie talks really really openly about her battle with anorexia oh, wow. and her journey to kind of get better um, which, as someone who thankfully has not encountered that and doesn't know of anyone um, in my life who has been through that, it was really, really interesting. And the things she was saying were just so, again, really eye-opening. And it was quite difficult to listen to. Oh, yeah. I but r- at the same time, it was really... Afterwards, I felt really... Um, what's the word? I felt weirdly, like I guess, kind of privileged that she had shared that so openly because it is such a big thing for people to to share i mean in in general with any mental health struggles that people have to share mm. them on a platform with people they don't know yeah i think it's great for other people to hear but it's such a hard thing to do personally i really admire yeah. people that do that and the way they dealt with it was so lovely and the way sophie asked the questions to millie was just brilliant so it's something i've been binge listening to all week and i would highly recommend checking out it's definitely on itunes and i imagine it's on acast too um, I'm not sure what the platforms it's on. But it is on Acast. Is it? I've, I've got it on Acast. Oh, perfect. Yeah. Um, they're just really great women, and they're discussing really relevant topics and things that really aren't discussed enough. So I would highly recommend everyone goes and gives that a listen. Have you got any more recommendations? Um, no, that's it for me this week, actually. Okay. Well, if we don't have any more recommendations, shall we head on to this week's topic that we're going to discuss? Um, so this week's topic um, is very relevant to our 20s are hard theme. We're discussing expectation versus reality. And this is something that's really important to us both. And it's actually what really encouraged us to start this podcast in the first place. Because as we mentioned in the pilot episode, if you've listened to that, we had a lot of expectations of how our 20s would go after we left university. And some of them have happened, but nothing has happened the way <laughs> no, we've expected them to. definitely not. Like, it, I feel like we've got into really great places and we've had some really amazing experiences. But just for context, if you didn't listen to the first episode, we our plan 
when we left uni and this is a plan we researched into like we would look at flats oh, every we, evening we massively thought, thought this through so the two of us were going to move to London I was going to work in PR Helly was going to work in publishing for two like massive companies yep. um, we would have a gorgeous flat maybe somewhere really central or maybe like a little further out in something like Clapham yep. um, and within like six months we wanted to have gone to Battersea Cat's home and adopted at least a cat which we would then hide from our landlord because pets probably wouldn't be allowed in a central London apartment probably not <laughs> Um, we, you know, we have a list. We still have a list of all these really cool restaurants and bars that we wanted to go to, and markets we would go to on a weekend. Like we'd go to Columbia yeah. Road and get our plants for our apartment. Yeah, we discussed all the furniture, how we could decorate it. Yeah, and we we had everything <laughs> planned out. And I say we have everything planned out. We clearly did not. Because... We had no idea of the reality because we thought all of this was feasible. On wages that were tiny and in industries that require you to work for free to get any experience like I'm bewildered as to how we thought we were affording this apartment I have absolutely no idea and I our mean, parents and would never have funded us like but that's we yeah like, our I parents like love us but n- like neither of us live in central London we we don't have the means to no. have had any support for us moving there it no. would have been done entirely off our own salaries yeah, which is absolutely fine and that's very normal yeah um but we we didn't seem to have a very good grasp on the reality of things. And I actually think my mum said to me once, like, you know, if, if it doesn't happen straight away, don't worry. Like, you know, it will come Pretty sure my parents said the same thing. And I was yeah. like, oh, you just don't understand. You're old and you've kind of given up on your dreams. And we're young and we're going to achieve everything. <laughs> Which so. I mean, it's great that we... I think it's great we had those aspirations. Yeah, and, I agree. And I think we've still... Because we had those aspirations, we've worked our butts off to get to where we are now. Yeah, definitely. So I think having... There is nothing wrong with having those goals. And if you manage to fulfil them, that's amazing. amazing. But the reality is they're often not as easy to achieve as you expect them to be straight out of uni when you think that you've got everything sorted and you're going to have this steady salary it's not as easy as you think yeah so we just want to cover a a, a three of the main topics that we I don't want to say deluded but we were maybe slightly we were deluded let's not sugarcoat this (laughs) um I think the first one is living situation I think that's the one that brought us both back down to earth very quickly yeah because we so we both finished uni in July and we thought we would move to London by September maybe yeah um the reality is we both moved home and I ended up living in back in my family home for nearly three years so I lived there for two and a half years and you lived there for a year and a half I was a year and a half yeah um so that was a big thing like we did we weren't living together we weren't living with our friends from uni I think we can both quite honestly say we thought it would be more of a case that we would move to London together and it would almost be an extension of our uni house but we'd be cooler and a bit more grown up honestly I think we thought we were going to recreate friends but in London no we we were we were going to be Rachel and Monica with a touch of crazy Phoebe here and there we we were going we were going to have that life we were going to live in this apartment which as the same as friends, I have no idea how we we're going to afford that. No, <laughs> um, but that was the expectation that we had. Um, and in in reality, the only feasible way we could afford to even be job hunting was by moving back home because we had no way of paying for any rent in London because we hadn't yet got a job. Yeah, and the other thing to say is that we thought we would both be living in London. So, like, my family are from Kent, Helly's are from Nottingham. We assumed to be living in London and that eventually, even if we moved home for a little while, we'd move back to London, or to London, um, to get jobs because that's where we wanted to get these jobs from. The yeah. reality of that was that actually sometimes the jobs aren't even in London. Like... 
We both ended up having to get jobs that were nowhere near what we wanted to be doing, but were very close to home so that we had an income so that we could actually look for a job, even try and save a tiny bit of money, pay off things like our student overdrafts, yeah. which they're time limited for how long they're interest free. <laughs> because that's the, obviously we both wanted to go to London and the, the issue with London is it's so expensive. If you don't have family or friends who can support you moving there straight away, the reality is you will not find a job quick. I mean, I'm not saying you won't. Some people do. Some people are very lucky and land on their feet and get mm. a job straight away. The reality is job hunting takes a long time. And without that income, you, you can't afford to live in London. We would have been paying close to a thousand pounds probably for a room in a shared house yeah. in London. It's also a saying as well that actually to move out, you have to have your deposit saved. We've just left uni. We had no savings. We still had to pay off overdrafts. We had no money. So if nothing else, we had to move home to be able to get a job. And neither of us were particularly well-paid jobs, but it was enough that we could kind of keep our head above water and just put away like a little bit each month so that when the moment came that we could move to London, we financially could put that money down in a deposit. Yeah, what everyone expects is that you have those means to move straight away. And the issue is you can't make that move without some money in the bank, whether it is for a deposit or in reality, you're not going to get a salary until the end of your first month at a job. Yeah, you need you that need money, that money well. to last you your first month of a job as well. So there is absolutely no way we were going to move to London, be living in London <laughs> while we job hunted, to spend however long job hunting, and then also be able to support ourselves for the first month until we got our first pay packet. Yeah, that was just never going to happen. And I think that takes us nicely on to the idea of... Um, your career then not panning out quite how you imagine like we've already touched on the fact that we knew what areas we wanted to be in but we had had to move home and get jobs that were completely unrelated to what we wanted to be in to just pay the bills essentially and save some money and we also realized that it's possible that maybe the jobs we want weren't going to be in London because that's just not where the jobs are it's a really highly saturated job market and isn't you're not just up against people from the UK you're up against people from all over the world who want to move to London yeah and I work in publishing and I mean I know it's the same with you as well it's a very very saturated industry and the unfortunate thing is the highest concentration of those jobs are in London so what you have is a concentration of people from all over the UK heading to London. Everyone graduated at the same time. So you've got everyone graduating in in that July who wants to work in publishing, frantically sprinting towards London to get one of those <laughs> jobs. And the reality is there is such high competition that you do have to consider looking elsewhere. And I always knew I was going to have to move somewhere for the job. I just assumed it would be in London. Yeah. The reality is... When I broadened my search, I ended up applying for this job, which turned out to be great, but I'm in Oxford. So I never even made it to London anyway. So there's a big reality check yeah. for you. <laughs> and I think that's true as well in, in terms of the process of getting a job. We thought that like we'd send out our CVs, maybe apply to a couple of grad schemes, get a couple of interviews. and Maybe we wouldn't get the first job, but it would, it would be quite a steady process and it wouldn't be too gruelling when the reality is applying for jobs is gruelling, yeah. especially when you are up against everyone else. And let's be bloody honest, you're not going to be the best of the bunch. Yeah, like there's, there you, is you'll always be bloody good. Be like you can be really good, but you you aren't going to be number one. And I think that's okay. Like yeah, that in itself is absolutely fine. It but... doesn't mean you're not amazing at what you do. Yeah, but and I always remember my dad saying this actually. On paper, you might have everything on that job description, but if it's against you and whoever 
someone else and on their CV they have one tiny extra thing they've they've done this one little extracurricular activity at uni or they did that one extra internship that you didn't that that will come down to the deciding factor it even could be something as much as they can start a week earlier than you yeah that's more convenient for the employer so they'll go for them it's it's such a tough and grueling process I actually made a tracker on excel Mm. Which I don't know if it was a good thing or a bad thing. Someone recommended that I do it just to keep track because publishing, a lot of companies don't get back to you. It's just a two-week rule. Yeah. So I would track and then once I would just block it out in red once That's I haven't heard back. That's such a good idea. I'm going to do that. I found my tracker a couple of weeks ago. There's there's over 50 jobs on there. Wow. I applied to over 50 jobs until I got mine. And the thing is, like, I think of you as an extremely capable and credible candidate. So, and I'm obviously I'm your friend, but... That's honestly, like, I think you're a bloody good worker. So to know there are so many other people out there in exactly the same position, it's really tough. And I think as well when you then maybe some of your... Like, I had friends who went into very different industries to me, um, a lot of them vocational. So they were able to get into certain jobs a lot more easily. So that was kind of really tough to see. Like, I was really pleased for them, but it's still tough to see that because you're like, oh, or I had friends who were already based in London, so they could get there a bit easier. And that's the other thing about the expectation and the reality because you're basing your expectations on what you're seeing other people doing, which obviously in a social media world is an absolute minefield to be watching when you're applying for jobs. Mm. But you, you see these people who, who studied STEM subjects, they're going into vocational careers and there is a very direct career path. So to sit and watch all these people, or it feels like all these yeah. people, just going straight into a career and walking into 30k annual salary, you're like, what am I doing wrong? The reality is, the subject you've done and the industry you're trying to get into, there's such high competition because everyone has such a variety of experience. Mm. It's not a straightforward, I did a medical degree, I'm going to work in medicine. Yeah. I mean, what degree, what degree did you do? I did a politics degree and I knew from the second I put that on my UCAS application, I had no interest of working in politics. I literally did it because I was paying nine grand a year in fees. And I knew that like a history and politics degree was something I would really enjoy. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to do it because I have a genuine interest in it. But it meant that when I left uni, I could do anything with my degree. And at the time, you think, this is amazing, I can do anything. There's actually Alex the other day who, he was like, I think you've got the worst situation. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you can do anything with your degree. I'd hate to be able to do that. You've got he too like, much you've choice. Got, you can do anything. Like, you can, how do you work out what it is that you want to do and know that you're going off something you want? Um, what was your degree, actually? Let's go over that quickly first. I mean, mine was English Lit, which I feel is a very, I mean, a lot of people going into publishing do um do English but it's the same thing as I I I could have gone into anything Mm. and the options were too vast I mean I'd figured out quite early on that I wanted to go into publishing I didn't know what area I wanted to go into but having too many options it can be actually really overwhelming yeah where do you start for applying for jobs if you don't know what you want to go into and you don't have like a certain industry that you want to be part of where do you start? I think you almost have to run at something and see what happens. Yeah. But I think something we also felt was that for both of us, we were going into industries that heavily rely on internships and unpaid internships. Yeah. And so many jobs I applied for were, yeah, like, we'd love to have you for a month. Come and work for free for a month or come and work for free for, like, I did a three-month unpaid internship. I mean, how many unpaid 
internships and jobs did you do actually? I did, so I did an th- unpaid one when I was at uni um, in the summer holidays and they paid £20 a day towards my commuting cost. And then when I came straight out of uni, I had a month long internship. Again, very similar, completely unpaid, except for like, I think it was 15 or £20 towards travel costs. So again, it, it wasn't enough um, to really cover what I was spending. And then I had to go and get a job because I like a paid job because I couldn't afford to keep doing unpaid internships. And I was really fortunate in that the job I got, my manager was really, really um, supportive. She was just the nicest woman. And an opportunity came up for me to another unpaid internship. And I basically said to them, I can't, if you're going to not pay me, it's got to be on a part-time basis. So I did um, two days a week paid, three days a week unpaid. So again, like I, I wasn't breaking even. Yeah, and then it reached a point where then I then I managed to get a paid job within PR, um, but that took me. There was a good two years of me interning for free here and there, and I was very very lucky that I was in a position where I could live at home, so I didn't have high rent overheads, and I'm only an hour from London. So yes, my season ticket was expensive, but it was manageable. I didn't have yeah. to move for it. This is. I mean, I think we've discussed maybe doing a whole episode on unpaid internships at a yeah, later point. There's because, a lot to discuss. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a really contentious issue, and it's it's a massive issue in the publishing industry. It gets discussed frequently, um, and some publishers are making changes, and it's great. But the reality is, they do expect you to have some sort of experience under your belt, and that usually does come in the form of an unpaid internship or work experience. And getting to that point to start with is an absolute nightmare. And unfortunately, I think it is also based on who you know. And I was fortunate enough that I'd worked with someone on the university newspaper who then worked for a big publisher and I was able to get um, an internship through those means. And I have absolutely no doubt that that experience, that, that internship, is it paid, played a huge part in me getting my current job. Yeah, I think that ties in really nicely to the fact that another real expectation versus reality situation we had was the money side of things. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, you leave university and you're you're you've got student debt. Obviously, you've got your tuition loan debt, but your most people are in their overdrafts. They owe a huge amount of money, and you think that once you get this job, you're going to have a monthly salary, there's going to be a huge lump of money going into your bank account every month, you're finally going to be able to treat yourself to all these different things, go to bars that you've wanted to go to for a while, take day trips and weekend breaks, and you'll finally have a disposable (laughs) income. So far from the truth. Yeah. I feel very deluded. Yeah, I think there are, of course, those people who maybe go into the financial sector or something and who land on a really strong starting salary of 30k plus. However, the we looked this up, didn't we? The national average UK salary is approximately 26 to 27 grand. So for the majority of people, that means you're not walking into an entry level job yeah. anywhere near that. Um and you get paid a really small amount of money and then you have all of those other expenses because when you're at uni you have rent but it's of, it's often a lot cheaper because you're in a smaller city or you get preferential rate as a student yeah. you don't pay council tax yeah. you're probably not paying a commuting cost and if you are it's very low you don't pay any well you haven't got any taxes to pay no and so when I started working and suddenly I had to pay tax and I had to pay rent and I had to pay a season ticket, this is something that isn't discussed. So I lived at home and I commuted in and I, and to this day, I spend significantly more on my season ticket every year than I do on tax. 
that's ridiculous. Yeah. Like, no one, no one tells you about that. A quarter of my salary goes on my season ticket. And the alternative to that is to live in central London. But that in itself is so expensive. And I know there's the argument, I don't have to work in London. No, I don't. But I think we've like established that's where we want to be. And for both of us, for me, that was such a key factor. um, It like there isn't anywhere more locally for me to work, really, because everywhere else around me is kind of like in the sticks. So, um, yeah, like that was just it's just not discussed how expensive factors like that are that you have to take into account. So, yes, you've got that monthly salary, um, which is a novelty from being a student, but it doesn't mean you're well off. (laughs) Yeah. And I think I always knew that the industry I was going into, um, like the creative industries, arts industries, they are they are not well paid. You've no. got to really love what you do to be going into them. So I, I don't feel like I was kind of deluded in that respect. I knew I wasn't going to have a huge salary. But when you break it down, I think that's what I wasn't aware of. I thought it'd go a lot further than it does. <laughs> because, I mean, I was applying to jobs in London, entry-level publishing jobs, that were advertised at 18k. That's despicable. You can't live in London 18K. on that. 18k. And obviously, I'd never lived in London. I didn't have a full appreciation of living costs in London. I knew it was expensive. In reality, 18k in London, that's that's not going to get you anywhere. It's... Because once you factor in everything... Because I want to save as well for a future. Like, I wouldn't be able yeah. to save anything. I think that's you, really important You to would say. be literally living... I want to say mouth to hand, but I'm pretty sure it's hand to mouth. It's hand to mouth. Is it? Okay. <laughs> We've got another idiom wrong, guys. Um, every single month, you'd never be able to save anything. If you were even managing to live at all. Because you're still being taxed on everything over 11k. You've got... I mean... You're gonna. You're not gonna be paying any of your student loan back at that point. But you've got your tax. You've got your rent. You've got your bills. Food, living, you've, like. And in London, you're still gonna have to have some sort of season ticket to be getting yeah. around. Eighteen k after that. Shuttle. There's there's nothing. And actually, then getting over that was something. You're ex- it, it sounds a little bit pathetic, but it, I really struggled to get over that. Yeah, because. Is we almost idolised the idea of living in London. Yeah. And our expectations of it were so high that then to realise financially it would not even be possible. And all these ideas that we had and the apartment and the cat and the places we were going <laughs> to visit and the home decor that we were going to buy. Yeah. How are we going to do that on such a tiny salary? And, and I mean, this, again, we will discuss some of these topics more in their yeah, own episode definitely. but there's so many things like council tax your national insurance uh, when you start paying back your student loans season tickets there's so many unexpected financial additions that you are not aware of or no one tells you about and then you come across them and you're like well shit when you see it on paper and <laughs> yeah. it's taken from your monthly salary yeah it's suddenly it's a huge huge chunk yeah. And it is a real reality check. Yeah. Now when I'm applying for jobs, I factor all that into what I say I want my salary to be. Yeah. And because Before you need I even to. start. You absolutely need to. And again, this will be something else we discuss. How do you address the salary issue in jobs? Because when it comes to your your living situation and your lifestyle, this isn't about being extravagant. It's it's about actually yeah, being able to we, live. <laughs> we don't want to be drinking at champagne bars every night and shopping in like Club Monaco every weekend. It's more like oh, I can go for a coffee this afternoon. I might treat myself to a new top in Zara this month. Like, we're not going crazy. (laughs) We're we're grannies, you know. Yeah. But I think it would be nice to touch on as well some of the... Because I feel like this has been very serious. Um, Some of the more, like, light-hearted 
expectations and realities we have because yes we thought we'd be earning money and living in the city and having these dream careers but there are a lot of little things as well that just haven't panned out and I feel like we just stumble across them every time we have a chat we're like oh well, crap. That's not quite like... That didn't happen. Like, we both work... The industries we both work in are actually quite casual. Like, we can wear jeans and jumpers and trainers to work every day. But somewhere in my head, I'm still like, I want a power dress every day. I, I mean, I from high school, I remember having a discussion when I briefly toyed with uh, being a lawyer. Um, <laughs> I always imagine myself in London in a trouser suit, absolutely, yeah. like, power dressing, absolutely, like... Donna from Suits, like, absolutely, yeah, full on sass. And in reality, if I turned up to work dressed like that, I'd be laughed out of the office. If I wear nice jeans, people are like, (laughs) oh, you look good today. I'm like, oh, thanks. I really made an effort with this jumper. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like another expectation that I had is well, one that I would have plenty of free time in my adulting independent lifestyle. And in that free time, I would go to the gym and have yeah. the best bod ever. I actually remember thinking, once I leave uni and I can afford to eat better and I've got like weekends where I'm not having to worry about doing like this, uni work, yeah. I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to have like these amazing abs. My bum's going to be super toned. I'm going to be so thing. strong and I'm going to be, yeah. I'm going to finally feel fit and I'm going to finally be able to run without being out of breath. Again, classic. Bullshit. Thought I would have disposable income to be able to pay yeah. for a gym membership. Gyms are really Do you know what? I saw signed up to the gym this week I signed up to the gym this week because I finally felt like I could afford the monthly expenditure and I graduated what three years ago three Three and a half years half years ago and I just I just made that investment into going to the gym I think it's also and actually this is another expectation in reality we are both rather stingy I think we both thought oh once we're earning a salary we'll treat ourselves more and I'm again we're not talking extravagant things like we're but we're we're like, people said to us, we are both very tight. Yeah. We, yeah. Not, we... like, not on other people. Like... Oh, no, no, no. I would, like, I just... spend thousands on your birthday present if I could. But in terms it... of me, I'm like, well, I, I could get an Uber to the station this morning and it's raining, but I could also walk and I'll save the £4.50. Yeah. I mean, my thing, and I've said this to you so many times, I really begrudge, cut it, like, getting my hair cut yes, or getting my hair... hair are hilarious. I mean, I had one cut this year and I am done. That was that was my extravagance for the year on my hair. I, I just could not justify... And it needs a cut. It needs a cut and it well, needs really a colour. But I'm like, nope, I've had mine this year already. I will wait till next year. I just can't bring myself to do it. And I think... I thought that once I had that bit more money, I'd treat myself to a haircut. Might treat myself to get my nails done or a little yeah, massage. Yeah, now I'm like, I can paint my own nails. It's yeah. fine. Like, why, mean... why would I spend money when I can do it myself? I feel like, I mean, a lot of the stupid expectations that we had. <laughs> uh, our wonderful uh, home decor expectations. Oh, we thought we were going to live in some gorgeous, like, Scandi-inspired, like beautiful place and I'm like I'm gonna have crittle doors I don't even have a fucking door to crittle do you know like, what I really wanted a roll top bath I still want one but I mean maybe we've set it too high but I'm talking like nice bedding I went and bought a load of bedding recently and I was me being so stingy I was like I could buy the like a mid to high range bedding I sleep in it every night and you know, I'd get a lot of use out of it. The cost per wear would be very small. And my mum is there saying, I think maybe you should invest a little bit more in your bedding. I'm like, I'm going to get the cheapest stuff possible. It's bedding at the end of the day. How bad can it be? Uh, I well, just, oh. um, it's rather scratchy. And even with all the fabric conditioner in the world, it is still scratchy. And I'm, I actually, when I went home a couple of weeks ago, I was like, mum, can I, um, can I have a set of my old bedding? And she was like, why? Do you, do you like? Do you not have enough? I was like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I'm washing it too frequently. I've always got some hanging out to dry. I think the other big one for us as well was the cool lifestyle. Like on a Saturday night, we'd get like 
dressed up and would look really cool. That list go, of bars we were going like, to go to. We'd tick off our list of bars and we'd eat in all the cool places. The reality, and to be clear, we really enjoy these Saturday nights. But like oh, last yeah. night, we were in elasticated waistbands, eating dairy milk buttons, having had a shepherd's pie, and had Prosecco watching Strictly. We had a great time. We had a great laugh. I, I love an evening like that. Literally just slobbing out on the I sofa. I love it. It's, my, it's one of my favourite things to do. Yeah. But it's not what we thought it would be. Not in our I th- 20s. I think that's really important though is that just because things haven't panned out how we expected it doesn't mean that we're miserable or that you know we're not having a great time. It's just different. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you sh- you have to be doing the things you think you should do. Yeah definitely. I mean I had a great time last night. I love those evenings where we just hang out and do nothing. Yeah. There is literally nothing wrong with doing that. It doesn't matter if you're in your 20s or your 30s or your 50s. If you want to sit in an elasticated waistband and drink some Prosecco and watch Strictly, you you do you. And the same goes the other way. Like, if when we're 40, we're suddenly like, we want to go out and party every Saturday night. Great, let's do that. Right now, I'm really, really happy not wearing heels and tight jeans and having to drink shots at a bar. And if I'm honest, buying a bottle of Prosecco really suits me being stingy because it's a lot cheaper than going out. Yeah, it's a lot cheaper. Yeah. Um, So that wraps up the podcast for this week. Um, I think the main message we're trying to get across is that things might not go to plan. Um, They might not quite meet the expectations that you have, um, but that's totally okay. Um, Things don't always go to plan and you've just got to go with it. Don't take life too seriously. Because if, if you really want to get somewhere, you'll get there in the end. We've, yeah. we've, we've managed it. It's not been the route we expected. Yeah, I think if like you just have to not have such a set idea of what you want that it stops you from looking at other opportunities. I'm in a totally different career now and that's totally fine. I'm really happy about that. But I think if I'd set myself too hard in those expectations, I never would have come to some of the great things I've done. So it's about being able to take that step back and not taking yourself too seriously as well. Yeah. Because it'll be fine. Just know that people like us the the worriers and the overthinkers we all have expectations and that's totally fine and the reality whenever it happens you'll deal with it exactly and some of these topics we've covered as well um we will actually come back to at a later date and explore them a bit yeah, more because we think things like careers and money they're really important things to discuss in, when you're coming to grips with them in your 20s definitely there isn't like a handbook for that kind of thing really so it'd be really good to discuss but we hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and we will see you in a couple of weeks for the next one yep and as usual if you'd like to reach out um and contact us if you've got any thoughts about this episode anything you'd like to cover maybe some interesting expectations versus reality that yeah, you've had we yourself. would love to hear what your expectations versus reality are um so you can get in contact with us on instagram we're at 20s are hard or drop us an email at 20sarehard at gmail.com. Um, we, we're loving all the really lovely feedback we've had so far from everyone. So we're really grateful for that. So thank you if you've been in touch. Yeah. And we just want to hear from more of you. So hopefully we will hear from you soon. And enjoy the rest of your week. And we'll see you for the next episode. Yeah. Bye. Bye.